Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, aka your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Riddle me this, listeners. I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. What am I? I'm as blind as a bat. That was taken from Batman Forever, the last time that we had seen a Riddler up until this point. Matt Reeves, the Batman, is here and has been in theaters for a couple of weeks now. Robert Pattinson, or Arbats as I like to call him, has taken on the mantle of Gotham's Dark Knight. But where does this detective Batman movie fall in the filmography of the Cape Crusader? We'll get into that and so much more. As always, I'm not alone. Joining me today from Your Money Geek, welcome back, Maggie Lovett. Hello. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. I am so excited to talk to Batman. But before we get into it, um, even though it's been out for a couple of weeks, I feel as though I should put a disclaimer out there. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh my gosh, we're going to be spoiling the Batman. It's been out for a couple of weeks. Go see it. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Seriously, don't come after me if I spoil this movie for you. Spoilers. I think that's enough. I think you got your point across. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. We've been waiting for a new Batman movie for what it feels like forever. I remember when Ben Affleck was announced like he was directing his own Batman movie and then that fell apart. And then Matt Reeves was taking on this like solo Batman movie. And then of course the announcement that Robert Pattinson was going to be Bruce Wayne and it just has felt like a journey from that point to finally getting here. Like, do you remember that at all? Oh, I have very vivid memories because I'm a huge Robert Pattinson fan. And so when that announcement happened, I posted it on Facebook and I was super excited and people were just awful. Like so many people said super nasty things on my Facebook post about Robert Pattinson, about people who were excited. And I ended up spending that entire day just like defending that Robert Pattinson is actually a really talented actor because he had done other movies, obviously, like that was before The Lighthouse, but like he had done things like Remember Me, um, I'm blanking on every single movie he's ever done right now but he's done a few and he's a very talented actor he's so much more than my life but people just couldn't get past that I, I mean the same thing happened with Ben Affleck because everybody held Daredevil against him and I was like no he has the potential to be like a really good Batman if given a, a writer and director that actually understood Batman <laughs> You know. But like, I, I believed in Robert Pattinson. I, I was prepared for the Patman, as I call him. I love it. Arbats and Patman. I, I love it. His name is just made for it. From vampire to bat, it's perfect. Perfection. So, so with that, with such a high expectation and enthusiasm for Robert Pattinson, like, what did you think of the Batman? Oh my God. I wanted six more hours of it. I did not want it to end. I was so nervous for so many reasons, not just because like I love Robert Pattinson and I was wanting him to do well, but like Catwoman is like, honestly, one of my favorite comic book heroines. I'm sure I've said this about like a lot, but like Catwoman is like my girl. Like I just love her. She's like one of the first Funko Pops I ever bought. Like I have Catwoman shirts. I've dressed up like Catwoman. I love Catwoman. And so I was so excited about seeing Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman and like seeing what she could bring to this role because every Catwoman has brought something new to that, you know, persona. And it's, it's hard to live up to like Michelle Pfeiffer, which was, that was my Catwoman as a child. Like Michael Keaton is my Batman. 
And so I was really nervous about that. Like I wanted them to like be this new Batman for me, like this new generation of, you know, this new period of my life. They could be my Batman and Catwoman. And they were. And that was like the thing I was the most worried about. And I came out of the movie and I was just like, I want to see it again. I'm not because I don't have three hours to spare in my life until it's on HBO Max. But like I just I wanted to like immerse myself in this grim, dark world so much. I'm with you. I, (laughs) I couldn't help but like, I was so giddy the entire movie, you know, because like, I really felt myself like immersed into the world of Gotham. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that Matt Reeves decided to make a detective noir Batman movie. And from his interview he did at DC Fandom when they showed that first trailer and he was talking about his inspiration about Batman and like what they were trying to go for. I'm like, this guy gets Batman and mm-hmm. nobody gets to explore that side of, of him as the world's greatest detective. And like, he nails it from like a story perspective, from the cinematography, getting Michael Giacchino to do score for him, just the acting, all of it. It's just like, I want six more hours of it. I can't wait to spend more time in this world. And I just think he knocks it out of the park. As I mentioned up top, like I quoted the Riddler, uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> I unapologetically love Batman Forever. It's one of my favorite, like- It's mine too. I love it so much. Great, amazing. But ever since Jim Carrey, I'm like, I want another Riddler. And mm-hmm. I've been waiting for a Riddler for forever. So when we kept getting Jokers, I'm like, okay, guys. I'm so but- tired of the Joker. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking Phoenix. I'm like, okay, he just won an Oscar. Can we just like take a break from the Joker? Now we get the Riddler. And oh my gosh, Paul Dano like crushed it for me. He's so creepy. And just and we still ended up with the Joker. I mean, we still ended up with the Joker, but like I also love Barry. So I'm I know I'm, I'm not so as, excited. Yeah. I'm not mad about the Joker Easter egg at the end. Also, I would kill to watch a mini series of the Riddler and the Joker, like causing mayhem together. Could you imagine? Oh, I'm so I'm hopeful because it's not scoop because like he talked about this in the interviews, but like the thing about Matt Reeve was saying that the Gotham City PD has shifted into a focus to Ark Asylum and that it's going to be more of like the supernatural, like spooky vibes, Arkham Asylum with like the police having to deal with things. And like, so like you're telling me there's a chance that we might see Barry as the Joker. Cause like he's in the seat, he's in the asylum. He's like, there. are we going like, what are we doing here? Tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. I want more of this. Like, it's it's fantastic. And like you, I I love Zoe Kravitz. So when she was cast as Catwoman, I was like, she's gonna make this thing her own. Her story is just fantastic. Ten out of ten. And I mean, we're gonna talk about it a little bit more. But her chemistry with Robert Pattinson is just like out of this world. You know. Let that cat reign, basically. Yes. So clearly we both really love this movie, but were there any aspects of the Batman that you didn't like as much? Man, it's always really hard when you love a movie to like find the things that you didn't like. I feel like the only thing that like maybe, and it's not so much something I didn't like, but something I wish was like more 
I don't know. And maybe it's because there's going to be the Penguin miniseries on HBO Max. So they reserved some stuff for whatever they're planning to play with in that sandbox. But I kind of wish there had been a little bit more with the Penguin. I'm not super happy with casting of the Penguin just because I am very against fat suits. I think you should cast actors who actually fit the body types that you're looking for and not make people look fat because... Yeah. Uh, so like that was like an issue for me, but still like Colin Farrell is a really good actor. I think he did a really like great job with this and it felt less like a, a farce, like the way that they actually ended up portraying his physical appearance. So I hope that they maintain that. That was really like the only thing that I was a little disappointed with because there's definitely actors out there that could have portrayed that without having to wear a suit. Like I'm fine with facial prosthetics and stuff like that, but kind of a downer. And I tried not to let that like affect my viewing of that character. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I watched his Hot Ones interview the day so of. So funny. Oh my gosh. It's such a delight. Listeners, if you have not watched Colin Farrell on Hot Ones, it's fantastic. He and Sean have, have a laugh. But I really loved his conversation that he talked about, you know, about like, the prosthetics he was so afraid he was gonna like lose his performance like his facial mm-hmm. features and stuff like that and like I thought he Colin Farrell's just really good at playing like really creepy characters with like he's hidden. so good at it he's so good he's so-, so I am I'm intrigued to see more from him in the miniseries coming out on HBO mm-hmm. because like I also think like some of the stuff in that storyline was a little bit lacking. Like I wanted more details because I feel like there's still a lot to, for a three hour movie, there was still like a lot that I wanted to unpack and like, I would watch a four hour movie of it, but we, you know, we got places to go, things to do. And I felt like his dynamics with Falcone and like that whole stuff. I, I just wanted I wanted like a little bit more before like he died and I don't know I just I know same same and I got can I just say Colin Farrell does like the absolute best interviews I loved watching all of his interviews in this this junket because he's an active listener so he like actively like responds to what people are saying and there's a lot of vocal overlap which can be like really frustrating if you're like transcribing something but it's delightful in the moment because you feel so engaged Mm -hmm. and like well I think there was the oh Kelly Clarkson her tv show her interview with him was just like pure brain synapses going off because they're both very much like they talk over top of each other but like never miss a beat Mm -hmm. and it's just like so much fun to watch I love and it's such like a polar opposites to watching like Robert Pattinson oh my gosh because he's he's so awkward and I love him so much I just like very different personality types the way that Robert Pattinson like lies and like trolls in interviews does does make me chuckle every so often but if I was the one doing the interview, I was so frustrated. I feel like, dude. So frustrated. Oh my God. It reminds me to an extent of who is it? Is it Jimmy Kimmel who does it, who gets actors to like drop stupid code words or something in interviews so that he can pull people's interviews and like make fun of them saying stupid answers. But I would love, I would have loved for Robert Pattinson to have gotten into that with, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel who does it. I think Or no, is it Jimmy, or is it Jimmy Fallon? It's one of the Jimmys. Yeah. It's one of them who think they're so funny. 
but I would have loved to see Robert Pattinson get roped into that and then just completely derail it on his own with his own absolutely out, outlandish and insane things. But I think Robert, out of a lot of the people who have been brought into the DC universe, which is admittedly very toxic land, I think that he is the most equipped actor to be in this fandom yet Mm. because he has both harry potter and twilight under his belt and has dealt with not only the fans that like him but the fans hate him and i love all of his interviews where he talks about like having a secret twitter account and like trolling people on reddit and like responding to hate reviews and i just I listen now every time I see somebody be like really defensive of Robert in a comment section somewhere I'm like Robert is that you are you defending yourself I like this tweet and this is you come on (laughs) Robert is this you but I love it I think that that's a really great way not only to like approach life non like seriously but also just to approach like the absolute insanity that is comic book fandom oh for sure and like, don't take yourself that seriously. Yeah, otherwise you may go insane. Just yes. sink into become the Joker. Yeah, exactly. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> One of my former coworkers, he absolutely hates that line, but I'd love to bring it up every so often. So if you're it's listening, or such any, a good line. It is such a good, good line. line. So okay, I mean this is everybody's favorite question to ask when something new comes out of a property that's been around for a long time. Where does the Batman stand for you among your favorite Batman movies? And where does Batman rank among your Batmans? Oh, so my top three are pretty, I think, obvious for me as a person, just because people who know my my great love for Batcat. So my number one is still Batman Returns, just because once you are a Michael Keaton Batman fan, you're not going to like let go of that anytime soon. But then it's the Batman and then it's the Dark Knight Rises, which I've been told is very controversial to have that Nolan Batman high up in my ranking. And admittedly, there is a lot wrong with the Dark Knight Rises, particularly the depictions of like the whole Ra's al Ghul stuff, Talia and Bane. But I got Batcat and I also got a Batcat happy ending. Mm. So like, I can't, I can't put that anywhere lower. Like my top three have to be the Batcat movies. And there was a moment where, when I walked out of the Batman, I was like, this might be my number one. And then I saw a gif of Michael Keaton and I was like, nah, it's definitely not. But yeah, like those, those are my top three, but like my top five uh, is like Batman Returns, the Batman, the Dark Knight Rises, Batman, the first Michael Keaton one, and then Batman and Robin. Wow. Are you a Poison Ivy fan? I'm a huge Poison Ivy fan. I am still like dying for live action Poison Ivy and Harley but I'm dying for another go at Poison Ivy because I love, I love Eric Thurman. She's great, but I just, I want that character so much. I also loved the candy lips scene in that movie. I don't know if you remember when we were kids, there were like candy lips that you could buy at like regular grocery store. They don't have them anywhere now, but I would see them when we would go to the BX, which is the base exchange 
to and like whenever we'd go and I'd see them in the checkout aisle and I'd be like, I just want to buy them so that like Robin can show up and I can trick him into kissing me. <laughs> and it was like the, but it's like, it's a kid's movie. And I think people forget that. Like I've seen so many people really rail against Batman and Robin, but like, that's something that like stuck with me as a kid and a lot of like hoke jokes that are in that movie. Like, Cause it was like, purely a kid's movie. It was not oh meant to gosh. be taken like super seriously guys. <laughs> Batman and Robin is camp to the extreme. It's and like, oh, camp. It's so camp. Like, if the Met Gala, when they did their theme for camp, like, they should have just watched Batman and Robin and then just done that, you know? But Chris O'Donnell, I just love Chris O'Donnell as Robin. I watched him on the NCIS Los Angeles, and I just, I love Chris O'Donnell so much, but I, I don't know. We've never really gotten any other Robins. And live action movies, we've got them obviously kind of sort of and TV shows and stuff, but I love Robin and that's something that I'm really excited about that like Robert Pattinson is very clearly game for a Robin, because I remember being super disappointed with Christian Bale because he was like, if I ever have to have to deal with a Robin, I'm quitting and I was like, Robin is such a good like, obviously you don't like Batman or Robin that's clear. Christian Bale's anti-Batman and Robin camp. <laughs> but I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like teased at the end that he would have taken up the mantle as Robin, which I would have loved to have seen. I that. wanted it so bad. I went back to my my Tumblr because like one of my best friends and I are spiraling like the same way that we were back when the, the last Christopher Nolan came out. And I went and found all of our old like Tumblr posts and stuff. And just like, I had these long like theory posts about how Joseph Gordon-Levitt was going to be the Robin that I'd been like waiting for, like how it was teased. And I pieced together like interviews he had done where he like hinted at that was something that was like maybe going to happen. That never happened. Here we are. Maybe it'll happen now with a different Robin. Yes. Oh man. Yeah, so for me with the Batman, I still have The Dark Knight as my number one Batman movie. Excellent. Um, the Batman is number two. And like, I know I tend to hyperbolize when I see movies and I really, really enjoy them. But like, I do think the Batman, there is a strong case to be made that like, given more time, it could surpass the dark Knight for me. Like it's so up there because I enjoyed so many elements of it, but like, I'm not ready. There hasn't been enough time removed yet for me to like put it over, but it has, it has the potential for me. But my number three Batman movie is a Lego Batman movie, which is perfect. (laughs) Honestly, like I would, I would argue it's a better Bruce Wayne movie than most Batman movies we've had just because it I just love the way that from like a kid's movie it gets to the heart of like why Batman isolates himself and like his relationship with the Joker is perfect Michael Sarah as Robin is great like there's just so many fun aspects of it like it's so ridiculous but then again like Batman can be ridiculous and Will Arnett does a really good Batman voice so I'm I love it. I also, as I said, unapologetically love Batman Forever. So you can yes. say what you want about my Batman opinions, but here we are. Yeah, I'm not going to judge. I have only recently come to appreciate the Lego movies. I have not rewatched the Batman movie yet, but it is on eventually. HBO Max currently. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you just want to spend an hour and a half just laughing at every meta Batman joke that they make. It's so great. 
have to do it. I I was so hard on the Lego movies until I got into the like Star Wars movies Mm -hmm. over the pandemic. And then I found a way to like enjoy them unabashedly. So I'm like, oh, I have to go back and revisit all the Lego movies now. You're in for for a treat, honestly. Because I know you like the Lego Star Wars Life Day special, right? Like, I love that so much. In the way that how like joy filled and ridiculous that is, like that's how I feel about the Lego Batman. Okay, I'll have to. I gotta say, Christian Bale is still my Batman right now. Like, I didn't grow up as much with the Michael Keaton Batman movies. I got to them later. I liked Val Kilmer, but like he was only one Batman, and he wasn't all that great. So like Christian Bale was, he's still my Batman, but. I'm really, really excited about Robert Pattinson's Batman and hopefully getting more of him. I need it. I need it. Why haven't they announced it? A sequel Like, y'all, your movie is making a lot of money. Give us a sequel. But, I mean, we can, we can get into why we think that is the case when we get down to the other DC movies. Let's get into the fun stuff right now. Let's talk about the bat and the cat. Oh, so what about the chemistry, like, between Robert Pattinson and Toby Kravitz? Like, what worked for you? I really like, I feel like I have to start with, like, what I like about Bruce Wayne and this one. Because this is a, a very different Bruce Wayne than we've ever seen before. And I keep meaning to, like, put this all down. But I feel like people have already written about it, so I don't like to just be redundant. But there's something about Bruce Wayne in this particular adaptation that is so true to the comics, but the comics that people aren't usually like the biggest fan of. This is very green Batman. This is Batman is here, but Bruce Wayne isn't here yet. And I think that's the interesting thing about particularly year one, year two, year three Batman is that he is more the bat than he is a man at that point. And he hasn't figured out how to be Bruce Wayne. He has built up this artifice for so like, even though he wasn't Batman until like recently, he's built up this isolated artifice that he hasn't allowed himself to be Bruce Wayne. And so what I thought was really interesting with this adaptation is that he, he, he reads like a homeschooler to me, which like as a homeschooler, he just feels like Alfred raised him at home. He's like, you know, maybe went to college online. Like he doesn't feel like he's socialized at all because so isolated, so awkward. And Selena brings him out of that because she's very, she's very feline, obviously, because she's a cat. And cat's got a thing for strays. He's got a thing for strays. And cats have this way about finding that person who absolutely wants nothing to do with anyone and be like, you're my person because we both hate people. And so I think that like, that's what works really well with their dynamic is that she brings him very much like out of his shell. Like I, I love some of like the joke post on Twitter and like, I kind of buy into the idea that he's like probably never dated a girl before. And he's probably definitely never kissed a girl before. And so I love that. Like very not, I don't want to say like innocent. Cause I don't think it's like an innocent thing, but like He's he doesn't know how to do this relationship thing, but he's like very clearly interested in her and he just like blows it at every opportunity, <laughs> like from unintentionally stalking her, which I thought was very great um, visual, very interesting visual cue that Matt Reeves did with both the Riddler watching his target and then when 
Bruce is watching Selena. Yeah. I thought that was really, I thought that was so neat. And I was like, I love this. You're getting into the mind of like where the lines are blurred. And I, I loved all of that. But I think it's like really interesting to just see how he has no idea how to approach somebody that he is interested in. And like it made for like Alfred's whole moment of being like, oh, look at the girl. She's pretty. Who is she? Are you seeing her? Are you having a normal life, Bruce? Is this that moment? Do we need to have the talk? Like, I love like, I love that. And I, I think it's, I think it's because it humanizes him in a way that like playboy Bruce is fun, whatever, bring on the Vicky Vales, bring on all of these like women that come and go from his life, bring Talia, whatever. But Selena is the one who always sees Bruce, even when Bruce can't see himself. Mm. Like, and that's what I love about the relationship. Like that cat is the end all be all like, I'm fine with some like, explore find yourself whatever but that's where it has to be end game for me like they even in the comics no matter how many times they break up no matter how many times they decide to call for wedding because oh you'll give up being batman or you'll have to give up some part of yourself which is you know being a crook like they understand each other and they're really the only ones who understand each other at like this very base level and i thought that matt reeves did like a really excellent job of actually exploring it Whereas like most of the time you just kind of have to infer because it wasn't, it didn't really go there in the dark night rises. There was a lot to infer there, but like never really committed to it. But I felt like he really committed to the bit this time. And that is my essay, my verbal essay on why I love it. 10 out of 10. That was, that was beautiful. Like, but it's so true. It's, they see each other for exactly who they are. And no matter like what they feel about, Gotham and their connection to it and whatever is going on like they fight to save each other they're fighting for each other's like souls even if like Selena doesn't know he is Bruce Wayne or whatever like she knows him and she leaves Gotham behind but like she she leaves her heart behind she does and it feels that way too in that moment like you want them to turn back and look at each other or be like just kidding let's be in the cemetery again like there's so much there like when they part and I'm just like no turn we I want them back I was like no there's another hour right this is like two hours into the movie right and I was like oh no and they they accidentally turned the lights on so that whole scene in the theater I watched with the lights on so I knew the movie was ending and I was like I don't want it to be over with yet Oh, but one thing that I actually have not seen brought up often, maybe I should write about it. I don't know. I don't have time to write about it. So I'll just talk about it here. The fact that Falcone, Falcone is her father and the fact that Falcone is the one who killed Bruce's parents. Yeah. Literally, you know, the Bobby Carlisle meme of like cinema. Yeah. Literally, literally me, poetic cinema, literally me in the theater. I slapped my forehead when that reveal came. My mom turns and looks at me like, are you okay? And I was just like, oh my God, this is like everything I love when like the characters get to redeem the like sins of their, their parents Mm -hmm. in a sense, because like her parents killed his parents but in a sense like the fact that they crossed paths she breathed life into Bruce Mm -hmm. but like who she is as a person and they both are more than who their parents are and I just 
I love that. And like and the fact that they went there, because that's like it's a seldom used. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that are like the seldom used plot lines that somebody did in the 80s and then like nobody ever did again. Like the Falcone thing, his mom in Arkham, like yeah. all these little things that then just like made comic book fans like absolutely lose their minds and the Falcone twist was like perfect perfectly executed it gave her so much motivation because I was really worried like what are her motivations going to be like why is she here because I could already picture like early on in the movie I was sitting there picturing like how I was going to argue with people on Twitter so it's like I'm sure somebody's going to be like there's too many bad guys in this movie because for some reason I didn't know Falcone was in this and so that I didn't either honestly and so so when he walked in I was like oh hi John Turturro you're Falcone great okay that makes me happy because I was like how did I miss that but I was like sitting there like oh no people are going to be like there's too many bad guys you have the penguin you have the Riddler you have Falcone and Catwoman like we could have cut Catwoman out she had no no real connection and then when they made that connection I was just like motivation this is so good and she like has a reason for why she is put into this plot line and why she mm. wants to kill somebody and like the whole conundrum of like do you want to use a gun and become as bad as them and like all mm. this, like thematic stuff that was just like ah it was so good <laughs> that's the stuff that like gets me going like when you can connect things together that way and like there's great payoff for that, you know, uh, and if having somebody like Zoe Kravitz, who's able to just the smallest little details of her face of like, you know, holding back the anger that like, she just wants to lash out and kill her dad and like fighting that back. Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. And like, uh, even when she's mad at Batman, she's like, I can't let you go get yourself killed. Like, yeah you're being stupid I'm being stupid let's just be stupid together and just do this you know as a team mm-hmm. that kind of like that kind of thematic depth is something I don't see often in comic book movies anymore like even even the DC stuff I like doesn't go as deep as I'd like and this went so much deeper I'm like this is my cat and this is this is what I look for I need this like if this was 2012 I would have written like 100 meta posts already on Tumblr <laughs> like I would have been all over the themes and it made me just it made me very happy <laughs> yeah it makes me happy and but it also makes me sad but like that they have parted ways we'll come back. do we they always come back i was about to say like will we see them come back together or should it be this like you know one and done thing where they like part ways and they just have been printed on each other like this love oh my gosh a twilight reference i'm so sorry i know you really <laughs> just did out she is not renesmee he's no, not she's not renesmee <laughs> but you know like making that impact on somebody's life and then you just like go do what you were meant to do I guess I don't know what do you think I have lots of theories about this as a connoisseur of bat cat content in the comics and the cartoons and the animated series and all this stuff where we have Bruce right now like I so we know we're going to get the penguin series and we know we're getting this Arkham supernatural whatever so we're looking at maybe like two years before we get some more Batman content. Cause I know the Penguin should start filming like end of this year. Mm-hmm. It's already casting for like other people. And I think the Arkham stuff will probably start casting while that's in production, mm-hmm. just based on kind of like how HBO has been doing a lot of their DC stuff, like Titans and 
Doom Patrol, kind of knowing how their production schedules are, that's kind of what I've mapped out in my brain. So I'm looking at like 2024 when we'd probably get something. So like we'd, we'd have Robert getting closer to 40, over the 40 threshold, I think at that point. Mm-hmm. So we'd get more like Playboy groups. Like I feel like Selena has this potential of like the impact that she's had on his life at this point of making him be like, okay, well, I guess I can do this thing. Like people apparently think I'm something. So I think he needs to, he needs to sow his wild oats. (laughs) And I think he needs to figure out who he is as a person and what he wants out of life. And then I think that there's this potential for Selena to come back once they, you know, clean up Gotham and deal with the flood, which I feel like is a very large undertaking they're about to deal with. It's going to take some time, you know? Yeah, I was like... I was like, does Matt Reeves know how much damage he just did to Gotham City? Like, that was, that was a lot of death. That was a lot of death and a lot of destruction. But I think there's a potential because the thing about that cat that, you know, has always kept me coming back was the fact that no matter how far they stray from each other, they always end up coming back to each other. And like, I've really re like going back over all of my posts over the years about that cat and kind of like reliving some of the stuff that's even been going on in the comics. Like it was around the time that the Dark Knight Rises came out that the mainline Batman comic had like reunited Batcat because oh, wow. you know the hype the hype of all of that and then for years they strung us along they they dated they they broke up one of Bruce's like secret children came out I think it was Bertinelli that one that happened and Selena was like I don't really want to be a stepmother and then they got back together and things were really good for like three years and then they got engaged and their wedding was happening and Selena got a dress then it was the wedding day and then Selena was like if you marry me you'll stop being Batman like I know you I know you better than anyone else I know what you're telling me right now I know that you're saying you'll still do it but I know that you will abandon Gotham because I will become your focus so because of that I'm leaving and she leaves on their wedding day. And it, it was terrible because DC was like, it's the wedding of a century. It's Batcat. We're finally going to marry Batcat. They're finally going to be just, just kidding. They literally sent out invitations to people. They Nuh-uh. made it a thing. They made it a thing. And then they broke all of our hearts. But I think that's that's just the nature of their relationship. But like it's it's always going to be the end game, but it's not always going to be the long game. Like it's mm. it's they're not there for the long haul, but they're there for the end. And I think that that's kind of like seeing how Matt has been very influenced. This is a very long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. It is. No, this is all fantastic. Keep going. But like seeing how Matt has been influenced by these larger arcs, but also these smaller arcs, I think there's a lot of potential for that long game where like, there's the, the big long periods of them both figuring out who they are separately and then coming back together and having that like honeymoon phase again and then falling apart again because you know Selena kills somebody or something happens and like there's there's a lot of room and it just it really depends on if we have Robert for the long haul like if he's willing to come in and out of the Batman franchise as Batman, I think the, there's a lot of potential of a partnership with like him and Bat being a really, like there's longevity to it. Like there's a lot of potential. And I feel like people are overwhelmingly happy with Matt's depiction of these things in a way that we haven't seen previously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also I, I know not to get, 
it's been a minute, but I all know not to get my hopes up because I, I remember how happy WB was with Tim Burton. And then they just like unceremoniously took his trilogy away from him. And like, to this day, we still don't know what happened because like, they were really happy with Michael Keaton. They were really happy with Tim Burton. And then we have a new Batman and like, I don't know, Warner brothers has always kind of had issues. I wish people would like learn that. Like they just, they get flighty and then they like abandon things. And then it takes them 20 years and suddenly Michael Keaton's back as Batman. It, it all depends. Like it, it just, it depends on like where I see that cat going. Do I see them coming back? It all depends on whether or not we know that we have them for the long haul. Cause there's like a potential for a really good story there. And of course, if Zoe wants to come back, like does Zoe want to deal with these people? <laughs> yeah like she's she's doing all the great mini series and limited series and stuff like she's so talented yeah like these are both very in-demand actors who have a lot of things on their schedules they also are not just movie stars they like doing like smaller more intimate projects and uh, yeah I can see them coming coming in and out or maybe even just being like I'm good thanks for this, but I'm going to keep going this way, yeah. you know? I mean, I'm still surprised that Colin Farrell agreed to a limited series of The Penguin. Yeah. Like, I remember when that was first, like, rumored, and I was like, Colin Farrell is never going to do that. Like, they're going to have to, like, recast him as, like, a younger person and, like, change it up. And then when it was announced last week that it is going to be with Colin Farrell, I was like, well, I'll eat my hat, I guess. I guess he really liked being the one because it's like he does things like after Yang and like some of them, well, then he does some other movies that we won't talk about. But like Colin Farrell's like trajectory of his career is like very odd to me. Like he he seems to like indie products and then he'll do the, these major blockbusters. But then it's like, is he there for good? Is he going to keep coming back? Like what's happening here? Where are we going? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we can we can continue that. I mean, like, Colin Farrell doing this Penguin series is very fascinating because, you know, like we are going to get more of Matt Reeves's Gotham world and more into this crime syndicate that has been, you know, running Gotham alongside the mayor and the DA's office and the police department for years, you know? And so uh, it's, I think it's going to be very fascinating watching like the machinations of that unfold and, I mean, I think he's a great actor to do it. But yeah, it is surprising to see the cast that they brought together for this movie, like did not make sense on paper for as far as like, they're so good and they don't typically do these movies, but here they are and I'm here for it, you know. I hope we get more of Jeffrey Wright too as Commissioner Gordon. He was also a highlight for me. Best. Batman Gordon relationship I have ever seen on screen. Yes. So like genuine partners. They respected each other. Like their little comments and jokes. Like they're the thing is, like a lot of people like, oh my God, I wanted the Batman to be funny. And I'm like, that's Marvel brain rot. But um, like everything does not need to be a quip. Sometimes we can be serious. Um, but they had so many quips, like the thumb drive was hilarious. Mm -hmm. I snarfed so loudly in the audience for that one. The part where he's like throw a punch and he throws a punch he's like you didn't have to throw so hard and he's like that wasn't hard like that little scenario and then like don't use gut that's your thing man like yeah like I loved all of these moments with them they had such good good chemistry together like chemistry does not just have to be like sensual it can be like really good scene chemistry and they just work so well together and I really I hope that this Gordon has a daughter named Barbara and yeah. I would love I would love for that to be explored because I think that 
there's a lot of, again, like if these people want to stick with it, I think there's a lot of really good comic book material that could be adapted that Matt seems to have a really good grasp on. And then like, I have not seen anybody thus far in any of the comic book universes, like even Amazon primes that I would trust with like a lot of comic book plots, but I think that Matt understands it. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Maybe like the, the penguin movie or penguin uh, TV show will bomb. Like who knows? But like he seems to really understand it. And I haven't felt that way about a creator since Ryan Johnson did The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. That like I just felt like you understood how to take material, not take it too seriously, and flip things on their head and create a really, really satisfying story. Like you have to really understand something to really pick it apart. And I think that's just like what he did with this Batman. Are there any particular Batman storylines that you would like to see him tackle next or even introduce different villains? Oh my God, there's so many good villains. And like, uh, I would love Bane to be revisited. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Hardy's great, he's not Bane. But honestly, I would love to see Matt Reeves tackle the Tata Al Ghul story and just the Raz Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Al Ghuls. I think that they have not been very portrayed in pretty much any media like even arrow didn't handle yeah. any of that particularly well and there's a couple of fan casts out there um my friend Safara has like a really good fan cast for Talia right now I'm, I'm blanking on the actress's name but like I would love to see her in the role I think that would be a really intriguing story and it also just kind of can continue to deepen Gotham and then also connect it to like a larger world which I think is neat I definitely do not want Superman ever brought into this Gotham era. Like as much as I love Superman, he's actually my favorite superhero. Like I just don't want that in this Batman because I think we could stay in this much darker realm of storytelling. And I think Superman is just way too bright and happy. <laughs> it just doesn't work. But oh my gosh, there's there's just so much. Like I love Talia. I would honestly love like a green arrow. We haven't technically seen him we've heard him alluded to kind of we've gotten black canary honestly i know there's a lot of things that we can't do because the universe is a little topsy-turvy right now and maybe flash will give us flashpoint and things can merge and collide and like then give us more room to play but like i would love to see margo's harley with robert like i think that i would kill for that to happen it's like i couldn't like there's so many good moments, particularly in like the animated series, the newer stuff with like Harley and Batman that I think Robert and Margot would just absolutely kill. And I just and it, but like then there's like the added baggage of like I don't want Jared Leto's Joker anywhere yeah. near this. But then I want like Journey's Black Carrie would be great. And I think that the universe in Birds of Prey fits really well into this universe because it tonally doesn't really match any of the other DCEU movies at all. I also might be able to argue that like Peacemaker would actually not like be bad in this universe because I think there's a certain element that I think it could be it could be toned down some of the comical elements could be toned down to fit into this and I just think there's a lot of a lot of room to play with and I kind of hope Flashpoint facilitates this maybe sort of kind of like I have like strong hopes yeah <laughs> like I just I want it like I want it and I need it <laughs> I want it and I need it now okay 
Speaking of peacemaker, you see the way I segued. Yes, I loved that. Thank you. That was excellent. Clearly, you are also a podcast host. Um, oh my goodness. We gotta talk about peacemaker because yes. that is why I have confidence in Warner Brothers doing a spin-off series of their movies because I enjoyed the Suicide Damn. Squad, but I did not think a Peacemaker series was gonna be good. <laughs> But oh my gosh, not only was it good, it was great and maybe even better than the Suicide Squad for me. I have never felt so excited to like watch weekly an episode of Peacemaker. I was really devastated when it was over. But it's James Gunn and like he got to do exactly what he wanted to do with these characters and deepen them and make them so complex, but also have so many genuinely laugh out loud funny moments. I just, I could not get enough of it. I can't wait for season two. What did you think of Peacemaker? (laughs) So me getting into Peacemaker is the most expected part of 2021. So I hated the Suicide Squad. I'm like 50-50 on James Gunn movies. Like I don't particularly like Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think some of that might just be Chris Pratt's face. Like I have a really hard time with that face. But love him as Andy. But like, I love... James Gunn's writing like I love the Scooby-Doo movies I love Dawn of the Dead um was like a weird thing I was obsessed with in 2004 but I did not like the Suicide Squad I watched approximately half of the movie said maybe I'll revisit this later and it has been seven months eight months have not revisited it I've seen the gifts I've watched a couple videos on YouTube like I know what happens I've read the reviews I've read the synopsis I am fully aware of the movie like that is my superpower. I learned it in college. I can read things and watch a couple clips and I can talk on it. I just, I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like them killing Rick Flag. That's it. That's, that's yeah. my reason. Like literally, like I was just like, should I just beat around the bush? Like, no, I, just, just go for it. I did not like that. I really loved Rick Flag in the first movie. I particularly liked how he, like, I love Joel Kinnaman, like Altered Carbon was like such a great TV show in the one season he was in. I really liked his chemistry with like Harley Quinn, like my weird crack ship, like that I read AO3 fix about. Their dynamic in the Suicide Squad was fantastic and made it so devastating when he does die and like she's left alone afterwards. Yeah, no, I've watched I've watched the YouTube fan videos of that, uh, cried a little bit. So I basically, oh yeah, no, I I'm very emotional about that. And it was just like really like such a terrible death to die by two people. <laughs> but yeah, I just and I don't particularly like Peacemaker, like even in the comics. I just don't the character just does not jive with me. So when they announced that they were doing a Peacemaker spinoff series, I was literally like, nobody asked for that. Definitely not me. I don't want to watch Rick Flag's murder get a television show. And like I like the trailer when it came out. I wrote a couple articles about like some random stuff, like when they did that weird game that people like jump over the inflatable things. I don't know what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I like consumed the media leading up to it. And then when the episode premiered, I was just like zero interest. I literally went on HBO Max, stared at it and went, I don't need this in my life. And so I was not going to watch it. I think four episodes had aired at the point that I finally was like, I like in a group chat, I was like, I don't like everyone was talking about how good it was. People whose opinions I trust, like over almost everybody's, was saying it was good. 
And I was like, huh, could it be good? Could it really be good? And then I saw like, I saw a gif of Vigilante and I was like, mm-hmm. that's my type of character right there. Should I commit? Literally, I am. Shout out, <laughs> so- we're back McLaggen, like, let's go, Freddie Stroma. As somebody who used to read Cormac Fix. <laughs> Amazing. On harrypotterfanfiction.net a million years ago I was like oh that's him that's him that's Freddie Stroma okay and then I like saw some gift sets about his character and like read some stuff that people like had to say about his character and I was like okay this is like really my kind of character and so I was like uh fine I'll watch it and then I was like wait John Cena is actually like a really good actor like where did this come from when did John Cena become like a really good actor uh it was the scene when Chris breaks down and is crying oh my gosh yeah and I was like and then I like loved Peacemaker and um Harcourt whatever weird chemistry was going on there instantly hooked on that loved the entire team And I think it was like coming out of the book of Boba Fett where I felt like they had not handled having an ensemble cast very well and seeing a TV show that like gave all of their characters like backstories and like depth and interactions like and shifting narratives so like you could get a little bit of these characters doing stuff without having to like completely abandon the main character for an episode and it was just like really neat to see like how James Gunn had like made these characters people that you cared about and like I I think I I got in where there was like two or three episodes left and then I watched them every week until the finale and then I was just like this is amazing I can't believe I love Peacemaker I can't believe I'm like excited for a season two and I think it's just like it goes to show you that like when you have really good writers who have a grasp on creating compelling characters that they can make you care about anything even when you don't want to. But I have been reading Rick Flag fanfic again just to like amend for my my sins of watching Peacemaker. I'm just to, just to balance it out, you know, for enjoying Gotta Peacemaker. Have balance again. in the force. Exactly. Yeah. But and yeah. also uh, Peacemaker having the best title sequence in recent memory. Like it's a no so skip. Good. So I, I, I hear the song like playing in my head around it. Oh, so great. You know what's bad is I've already rewatched Peacemaker. I watched it twice. And I, I don't watch television shows multiple times, except for like comedies like Parks mm-hmm. and Rec, New Girl, things like that. I can like rewatch without like also for New Girl fans, Economos plays um the what is it, Outside Dan? Outside Dave? Yeah. I literally watched that episode of New Girl. I was like, Economos. <laughs> I was like, what is this? What are you doing here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Literally so obsessed much. with Peacemaker actors popping up in unexpected places, like watching Bridgerton and there's Freddie Stroma. And I was just like, your career confounds me, but I'm happy it, for you. I rewatched uh, Bridgerton season one recently, and it was also around the same time that Peacemaker was still on. So I would just see him pop up and I'd be like, Vigilante! Or say Cormac, I'd go back and forth. And then when I watch Peacemaker, I'd be like, Prince Frederick, what are you doing? You know, good for him. What? Good for Freddie. Hey. You're like, what are you doing murdering all these people? No. <laughs> and just having oh, no God. remorse for it. Just 
great. He's having a good time. I love him. Simply obsessed brain worms. Like shout out to Arzu who has not watched Peacemaker and has had to just endure me. Uh, she actually sends me fan cams. So like shout out to you for, you know, now that's a real friend, and, you know, not watching the series, but she's sending you fan cams, you know, and she's, she's read my fanfic that I've written without any context. So wow. Really absolute ace right there. There you go. Shout out Arzu. Okay. So uh, it's kind of exciting to see that Warner brothers with some of their DC stuff has been really good, you know, as far so as good. It's been so good and it actually makes me excited for what's coming. But unfortunately, we just recently got an update that the upcoming DC movie calendar has shifted once again for Black Adam for Shazam 2, Aquaman 2, The Flash, and even Leslie Grace's Batgirl. And like, it's disappointing at least a little bit to be like, if you have so much confidence, like in some of the stuff that you've been doing now, why are things getting like shifted again? Like, I think the flash got pushed all the way until next June. So like, yeah, I will say I saw a comment from one of the producers of the flash that said that it got pushed because they had no ability to meet the deadlines with their VFX team. They weren't going to overwork them. So I was happy that they were like, we're not overworking our VFX team that's, to meet an arbitrary. Because they like literally just wrapped a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so I guess they were like, yeah, there's no way we could do everything we need to do well by that date, which is good. Cause like a couple other studios don't like pushing dates when they can't get things done. So they rush them and then overwork their team and they don't pay them. But I have, I have to say as somebody whose movie with the, the DC universe got delayed like three times, <laughs> it's the movie that's never coming out or like I won't believe it's here until I'm in the theater and even then not until like it starts playing well I'll be like okay now this movie is here yeah I I just like a Facebook reminded me of all of my posts about Wonder Woman 1984 getting delayed for like the third time and Mm -hmm. I was like okay so yeah that's just the WB thing like they move things around and like give people more time to do like editing stuff which I guess is good like I guess we should you know, give WB a pat on the back for that. We'll say that, like, I am happy about that calendar shift because it caused Wonka to get shifted off of my birthday. My 30th birthday will not be ruined by Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka now. Oh yeah. That's, that's for the best, honestly. It was. And I literally had a tweet when that was announced in 2020, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is actually a hate crime against me. And I guess Warner Brothers listened. It was like, we have to change our entire schedule. We can't let Maggie think that we hate her. <laughs> For Maggie's 30th, we were pulling out all the stops here, moving the entire thing. I think I get Aquaman on my 30th birthday now. So like, oh, nice. It's a, it's, it's a you know, I still have to deal with Amber Heard, but you know, Constellation Prize, get Jason Momoa. You pick, pick your battles. You win some, you lose some. And- exactly. <laughs> So yeah, out of out of the bunch that's coming out, what DC movie are you most excited to see next? Oh, I am the most excited for The Flash because I get my man's back. I get Michael Keaton as the Batman and I'm very excited about that. I'm also, I'm keen to see what happens with Batgirl because we're supposed to see him and that too, allegedly. And then there's like this one rumor that's not proven yet 
but I'm like fingers crossed. I'm, I think somebody might be pulling some Andrew Garfield level deceiving interviewers because they keep getting questions, but I really, really want Dylan O'Brien to be Nightwing. Like he was Ooh. supposed to be a front runner for that. And then like all of the like leaky press people like said that like, oh yeah, he was asked, but nothing official has come out. Like nothing official has come out, but he's been asked 52 million times on the outfit junkets. And like he was in England where they were filming. I'm just just saying. Just saying, just speculating. You know, just, just speculating. Bit. And then like all of the other people who are supposed to be on the short list for Nightwing, like just magically stop talking about it. So like I hope, like that's I just I want some confirmation. Like I know we'll get it eventually, but like if we get that, I'm a like weird fan of Dylan O'Brien so like if we get a Dylan O'Brien and a Michael Keaton in the same movie my love will shift to Batgirl mm-hmm. because I don't particularly like Ezra Miller and like I have to like yeah. disassociate him from the flash but are you also saying you want Dylan O'Brien in this because he was in the all too well short film <laughs> okay I do love that I do love my Taylor Swift connections I will like bubble them up but I just always loved him. I never watched Teen Wolf. I watched like the first season and like never really got into it, but I would like watch interviews with him and I would watch like gifts and stuff on Tumblr. Actually just saw the new girl episode that he's in. Yes. I love that episode so much. Um, I totally forgot he was in it. I was watching it last night and I was like, don't know, Brian. I was like, I've watched the show like 40 times. How have I forgotten this? But and that's such a big episode too. Such a big episode. I must have been focused on like the main plot and like not cared about the flashbacks. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's like the biggest episode of season two. I just well uh, that and cooler. I mean, yeah, that is, is still my favorite first kiss. Oh, what a first kiss! It's so good. Yeah, I think of the bunch right now, probably. Batgirl and Shazam 2 are my most anticipated. I'm excited um, for Batgirl. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed Shazam and I would like, I'm excited to see more of it. And the fact that they have Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren joining the cast for that, I'm like, yep, that sounds great. Can't wait to see more and adding so much like to this. And even like I, Rachel Zegler is yeah that, which Honestly, like prior to West Side Story, like actually coming out, like sight unseen, she was been booking all of these like major franchise stuff. Well, and, if Steven Spielberg says you're good, then like you're gonna work. listen. Yeah. And so I'm excited yeah. to see her in that as well. Yeah, I'm curious about the Flash movie. I I have no expectation of it, even though it, I'm sure it's going to do lots of multiverse or multi-timeline things happening and I I'm excited for Dr. Strange multiverse of madness obviously so like I'm definitely on board for those all about those multiversal moments of madness yes oh my goodness I mean if if Spider-Man uh no way home could do that for me like I don't want that to be the norm for every single movie, which is why I love the Batman so much because it's so different yeah. and it's so separate. And that's also why I love Birds of Prey. I want Birds of Prey too. That is 
what I actually want. Yes, please. So if Warner Brothers could announce like we are doing Gotham City Sirens, like to sign me up, please bring in Poison Ivy, like bring in Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman to show up. Just I want this so badly. Could you just picture how magical it would be for us to have a Gotham City? Sirens movie to have like a know that we're getting Journey back and Margot back and like Rose back and all you know all those people Rosie Perez like all those people to come back Mary and Elizabeth involved giving Mary us Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, yes more Huntress and then you sit down in the theater and Catwoman shows up and it's Zoe Kravitz it's like imagine like the surprise of that and like how that because she fits with that vibe of that crew so well and I love like when she was driving off she was like she runs into this crew somewhere else doing something and it was like my girls this is what I've been missing like I just came from working club with like mostly women and then like moving into this new career field with like crime doing ladies like sign me up this is awesome I I just I picture it like I I need the fan fiction if like it's not gonna happen can somebody please write this I want to read it but there's like so much potential there and it it feels tonally right like I just feel like it could all fit in yes somebody please write the fan fiction to hold us over in the meantime or write the fan fiction and send it to Warner Brothers to be like you can do be this like, hey here this works we this, can make this you work. can do this call up Margot Robbie make this happen um, I think she'd be here for it and I also think that like Journey would be very in for it oh yeah and I and then I think we need to cast our green arrow because we need Oliver mm-hmm and then we can have like Oliver and Black Canary having their little fling. And then like yes. Catwoman can be like, oh, I should call him. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. Oh, and Jeff Bennett's my fans. I know. I'm just like, I just want that now. Like now my brain's just thinking about Maggie, it. Maggie, you're going to write the fanfic. Like, let's be real. I know. So when you write it, please send it to me so <laughs> I can live in this world too. Oh. So Maggie, much fun. Maggie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This was a lot of fun thank to just you. fangirl with you. Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. And I have a link tree in my bio to all of my various pursuits. I'm over at uh, Wealth of Geeks as the managing editor. And then I'm over at Collider as a news editor and occasionally writing reviews, mostly Star Trek right now. Uh, and then I will be doing some more reviews heading into April. I, yeah, I have lots of podcasts as well. I'm mostly at the, the uh, Starbucks Lovers, Taylor Swift podcast, and then History Girls with Movies, Petticoats and Poppies, which we'll be talking about a Dylan O'Brien movie next. <laughs> Amazing. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Meredith Loftus. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Fangirl Forum Pod. Hey, if you like what you listen, please rate this podcast. Give it five stars, like, subscribe, all the things. I don't say that often and I probably should plug that more. So here I am doing it now. Thank you so much for joining. I hope you have a fantastic day.